Are you ready? Well, 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 here I am. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen. I am back from my brief hiatus in the uh, hospital. Yeah, you know, you got to go to the hospital every once in a while. As an old guy, I'm an old guy. I think 57 might make me an old guy. Uh, Well, here I am still standing though, right? Uh, There's a song for that too. There's a song for everything, I promise you. But today, especially there's a song for me. I'm still standing, so that's it. I'm still standing. You can't knock this guy down. I uh, had, uh, had some back surgery, you know, a little bit of back surgery going on there. Had some uh, spinal fusion b- business. Uh, anybody ever have spinal fusion surgery? It's not comfortable. It's not fun. And uh, nobody, nobody uh, likes spinal fusion surgery, right? Mine, mine was a little bit different. Uh, had a little, uh, had a little um, lack of pain meds there in the beginning uh, that kind of... Uh, Aggravated at the association with uh, with pain meds and being comfortable, right? Had a little PTSD from that too. Went ahead and got the proper pain meds and everything is okay. Hospital corrected all the mistakes that were made and we appreciate it. Thank you very much. So everything went well, folks. Just wanted everybody to know that. And uh, oh yeah, one more thing. I had a friend, John Flynn. I had a friend. No, he's still my friend. He's not, what am I that doesn't mean? I don't mean it like that. That's terrible. I have a friend, John Flynn. He was supposed to take over for the show for three days. But you know what? When you ask a busy guy to add something extra to your sched- to his schedule and he's he loves you and he wants to do it, he says yes and he doesn't get to do it. That's it. So he was very busy. Um, I, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, I hope he understands. Everything is great. No worries there, Mr. Flynn. We're good to go, right? The show missed you, but... Uh, I, I missed you more, so I'm glad to be back and that we can still be buddies. And uh, one day you will be on the show, and one day we'll have a great time together, okay? So today, um, my topic is homelessness in America. Uh, you know, I, I almost named it um, a Homelessness America's Choice, and I, I think I like that better, and I might go back to that. So if you see it written, Homelessness America's Choice, it's because right after this podcast was done, I decided to go back to that. Or I fluffed back and forth between the two to see the response I was getting. Either way, I like the one homelessness America's choice. Why? Because I was homeless a few times. You know, um, yeah, it was a it was a bigger deal to those who saw who saw me homeless than it was for me being homeless. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure it's that way to a lot of people who are homeless, right? So, do you know someone who's homeless? I guess I got to ask you because there's a lot of people in this country that are homeless on purpose, right? And I was homeless on purpose. It wasn't that I was homeless. It was that I wasn't living in my home, right? Instead, I was living somewhere else. I wasn't living in someone's home. I was living where I paid to live. I was living in the YMCA in a cell-type room, you know, doing my thing and uh, going to school, right? Yeah, I was was young. I was uh, 16 years old. I was either staying at someone's house or I was staying at my school or I was staying at the YMCA, right? I've got a few friends who I can thank for that, but I won't do that here. Um, one day, they'll, I'll thank them by having on my podcast, okay? Uh, I first became homeless when I was 16 and still in high school. Uh, there was a gentleman called Mr. Manson uh, who was a student advisor or a coordinator or a counselor or whatever you want to call a guy, whatever they were calling him that year, that's, that's what he was, okay? Uh, and he was, my go-to, he was my go-to guy. That's it. He was my go-to guy. He, 
he 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 smoked a lot and he he did it in his office, right? You went in there and it smelled like cigarette smoke, and you walked out and you smelled like cigarette smoke, and that's all there is to it. All right, uh, I liked him. Uh, his it, you know you know what he had these teeth as I remember him. When I see his smile, I always saw his teeth were bigger than his smile, right? It, it, and it wasn't like his mouth had a problem covering his teeth. It, you, you didn't see that when you looked at him. But when he smiled, it seemed like his teeth always made it out further than his lips did. I don't know how that's possible. But it, 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 that's the way it went with Mr. Manson. And I love the guy, right? I had no idea what kind of teacher he was because, you know what? Uh, I was never a traditional student of his. He was always teaching me something else in some kind of other way. Uh, anyway, he would wake me up. Well, he'd wake me up in the mornings, right? That's what he would do. He would wake me up in the morning. I would. Uh, I was living in the YMCA, and he would knock on a door across the street after me missing class a couple of times. He'd knock on a door across the street at the YMCA, and he'd say, "Hey, you getting up this morning? Come to school." And I'm like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "I know. Where, I know where you live, Lou." He's like, "Let's go." And he wasn't that big of a guy, right? But you know, he was serious, and he had kids, and he knew what it, he was what it was like to be a dad. Right, so he—that was it. You were gonna do what he said, so I did what he said. He was a guy, he was a man. I did what he said, right? I was 16 years old. Finally, somebody was taking charge of me. I'm doing what they're saying. So he said, "Let's go to school. I'll see you in about 15." So he knocked on my door about 7:30. I was uh, in school in about 15, which uh, made it made, made it about eight o'clock. And 15 minutes time was eight o'clock. That was half an hour, so it was about eight o'clock, which was just in time for homeschool. You know, for what is it? Uh, homeschool. Listen to me. Uh, uh, homeroom, homeroom, there you go, homeroom class, there you go, and they would take your attendance and all the other crap, and the teacher would look over and go, oh, you're here today, huh, I go, yes, I'm here today, and that was usually Mrs. Hecht, right, oh my God, I can't remember her name, Mrs. Hecht, look at me, I was searching for that name for days, and finally it just came out, all of a sudden, I said it right here in the show, hello, Mrs. Hecht, if you're still out there, I don't think you are, but if you are, thank you for taking my attendance, I appreciate it, so anyway, I take my attendance, and uh, I was the kind of kid that when I went to school, I went with one piece of paper. Yeah. I went with a piece of paper. I folded it four times, uh, which gave me eight squares. Four on the first side and four on the other side. All right. So on the first side, I would do square one would be whatever class that was, square two, square three, square four, and I would have notes in each square for each class. Okay? That's all I would need was four squares of notes for those four squares classes and you had silly things like gym right and maybe comec and maybe i took some notes or something in one of those classes like homec and maybe i even wrote a couple of things down in gym that i thought were important were being said so other than that that was it and then i had two other classes i had maybe spanish class you know and uh i wrote down my notes and then i left and i committed those notes to memory and i went in the next and i took the tests and i passed everything and this is how i went through high school um, and I, I was homeless the whole time, literally. I worked at Burger King. I, I, I sold weed uh, for this guy named Manny, right? And uh, that was it. That's what I did. You know, I, 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 you know, I graduated with honors, okay? Uh, got a really high score on my SATs, right? Got like a 1360 or something on my SATs. You know, back when SATs meant something, they were 800 points you had to get. And if you, you could imagine that 1360... That was, I got like a 780 in my English and the other five and change, <laughs> the other 550 or whatever it was, 450 came from uh, uh, my math 
And that's because I didn't, I didn't proof anything. At the time, they wanted proof. Now, I don't give a shit about your proof anymore, I don't think. Uh, and if that's the case, I would have got like a, you know, a, a 1500 But I didn't. I got a 1360 So they were being mean to me because I didn't proof my math, even though I got it right. And they still gave me points for getting it right, but they just didn't know how I got it right. So they got mad at me, and they, they, they gave me the old proof thing. Anyway, since after my graduation, nobody was there. Uh, Mr. Manson invited me out to out to uh, out to breakfast or whatever it was, brunch, whatever it was at the time, and um, we sat down and ate. And his wife was there, and you know they both smoked. And they, she wasn't saying much, and he was talking to me about things. And she finally said, "Louis, do you know? Do you know why my husband cares about you?" And he looked at her like, "Jesus, what are you doing?" And she and I says, uh, "No, why?" He says. He cares about you, right, because he loves you. And I said, what? And he was like, what are you doing? You know, stop this. Don't, don't get interfere again is basically what came out of his mouth. He didn't say it to her like that, but he gave it a look. He gave it a huh. He gave it a, all these little marriage signals that you could possibly give somebody that if I gave them to my wife, she would know I meant, please, please shut the fuck up, Ray. Please don't say anymore. Okay. But th- that's, that's not what happened. Right. She continued. She goes, he loves you, you know, and he doesn't love a lot of students. I hear him talk about you all the time. He thinks you can go someplace. That's why we're here. I'm sorry, honey. You go ahead and talk to him now. And I think she wanted him to move the conversation along. I think she had other shit to do that day. I'm not going to lie to you because right after that, he told me his little plan. And here was the plan. The plan was that he was going to have me go across the street. And take the test for the military. I said, I don't want to take the test for the military. He says, Lewis, please take the fucking test. I'll give you $100 if you can get over a 90 on the ASVAB. And I said, $100. He goes, yeah. I said, that's more money than I make at Burger King in a week. It's like what I make all week at Burger King. He goes, I know. He says, you go ahead and do that, and I'll give you $100. Cash. I says, okay. So we went across the street. I signed the little paper that let me take the ASVAB. The guy says, you sure? He says, yeah, I just graduated high school. I do what I want. The guy says, okay. He says, who's this? Says, and then we, you know, Mr. Manson told him who he was. He was my advisor. And he says, okay, we got your advisor here. So I took the test, right? He scored the test a couple hours, whatever it was, went by. Everything was cool. He scores the test. And the guy says, hey, man, you got like a 98 in his test. Uh, you want to hang out right there? And I said, yeah, sure. But by that time, I already knew I won $100. But this time, I was making sure the only person that wasn't leave was Manson. He wasn't going anywhere. He gave me the $100. His wife was like, what are you doing? She, he, he was like, yeah, I'm giving him $100. He gave me $100. I passed the test. He gave me 100 bucks. Anyway, I joined the military. You know? And if it wasn't for that guy doing that, I might not have done it. When I came out of the military, I did some nasty, naughty little things. And I was homeless again. Okay? And I, was, I shouldn't have been, but I was. Uh, you know, I, I, I come home from the military. I stay at my mom's house for about five minutes. And then I, 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 I get addicted to drugs and I do silly things that a young man does when he's 21 years old and he's seen a couple of things he shouldn't have seen at that age and did a couple of things he probably shouldn't have done at that age, okay? And I come home and I was a little wacky and um, right, 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 right before I went into the military, I got myself into a situation where I was completely lost and I was done. And... Um, I got out of it because I, I forced myself out of the situation by actually getting physically up and doing so. 
in the middle of the night with nobody knowing. Okay. And I met this family who was, who owned the theater on this, in this area. And I, then I also met a, um, a guy who owned a, um, a, uh, gas station as well. And, uh, I worked at both of these places and I worked for free and I told them why I wanted to work for free because I didn't want the money because I didn't want to buy drugs. And they said, okay, you can do that. We're going to watch you. And I said, okay, okay. They both said the same thing to me. And, um, the one guy gave me candy every once in a while. And the other guy gave me uh, a gas, you know, for my car so I could sleep there at night when it got cold or, or in the day or at night when it got warm, when it got a little too warm, I could put the air on, you know, whatever. But when it mostly when it got cold, I would sleep uh, with the heat on in my car running in my 78, uh, Honda Civic, right? Well, Celica, Toyota Celica, excuse me, hatchback. That's right, 78 Toyota Celica hatchback I had. Yeah? And uh, we would do that. I was homeless. I was homeless because I, I wanted to be. I felt like I needed to be. I felt like I didn't have enough discipline in my life and that I needed to beat it into me. So I did this. And this is why I was homeless. And this is why I'm telling you the story. This is about my homelessness. The choices that I made. Regardless, um, the biggest choice I made was to go back in the military. And so I did. I went back in the military. Uh, I came home again, and this time to uh, well-defined battlegrounds. I wasn't living with anyone uh, unless it was me. And I wasn't living anywhere unless it was in my car. Uh, so I made terrible people decisions because I could not make any more bad drug-related ones. That's really basically what I did. And instead, I went ahead and lived. I, I made ma bad, I guess, I guess female decisions and uh, moved in with certain per persons and things didn't work out, but it got me off the street. It also got me back on the street, uh, not on the street literally, but living in my car somewhere. Uh, I finally got my own place um, and picked myself up a little bit. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then things happened and progressed in my life. But I wound up homeless a lot in my life, three times. And those three times were, were not fun, you know, but they were also necessary. And I thought that they were more necessary than other people thought they were. But they were necessary for me, you know. Uh, there are plenty of statistics on homelessness, and we're going to go through a couple of them. Uh, but the, the, st the, the, the statistics on homelessness that I have are going to be from uh, usafacts.org, and they're going to be um, uh, uh, from Factista, Factista, okay? So those are the two uh, places that I'm also going to be using for this. And I think they're worth the time to listen to, uh, and they're worth the time uh, having their facts shown. Curious thing about uh, homelessness in the United States is that uh, by the numbers, there were, you know, uh, half over half a million, well, more than that, actually, 650,000 homeless uh, people in 2007 in this country. And that was at its peak. And it started to go down, not by much, maybe by 10,000 at a time, until it hit a low of about 621,000 in 2012. Okay. Uh, after that, next, uh, next generation, I guess you can say, uh, of, po of politics came through. And we started to go even down further until we hit about uh, 2016, where we were at 550,000 
in our population of homeless. Um, in 2016, it made a short rise, not much, maybe a couple of, a couple of, couple of thousand, right? And then in 2018 again, and in 2019 again, and finally in 2020, it wound up at 580,000. It slipped right past everybody. Nobody noticed. It wasn't a problem until 2020. All of a sudden in 2020, Homelessness went from 580,000 to 380,000. And I'm pretty sure that had something to do with the pandemic. Right? And people being off the streets or you couldn't find them. But whatever it was, right after that, in 2022, homelessness went right back up to 582,000. So... From in 2021, it was at 380,000, and in 2022, it was at 582,000. It jumped up 200,000. It went from 580,000 and 220 to 380,000. So it, the same 200,000 200, people it dropped was the same 200,000 people it went back up in. How is that possible? That's a weird number. That's hard to understand for folks. I, that doesn't sound like progress in any way, shape, or form. Well, if you look at the ages uh, of homelessness, it's very important to do that as well because you have to understand the count and you have to understand where the age group comes in. And uh, here, here it is. Um, the under 18 age group in 2015, 127,000. In uh, 2021, where we had the huge drop in total homelessness, 84,000. Up until that time, the drop was very small. It, it, it was down to about 100 and... Um, 6,000 in uh, 2020. That was about the smallest it got. Then it went to 84,000 in 2021, just when the overall had got, had done the same thing by 200,000, okay? So it goes back up again in 2022 to 98,000, not hitting the 100 grand number again. There was progress there. Progress by at least six to 8,000 kids, okay? That's good news. Those kids got out of this situation somehow, and they are not homeless. Now, if we go to the 18 to 24-year-olds, okay, in 2015, there's 52,000 of them. That number stays steady, and, or it goes down to 45,000. That's only 5,000 people in 2019. And it stays at 45,000 until 2021. When it goes down to, goes from 45,000 to 28,000. Okay, that's a big jump. Now that crowd goes back up to 48,000. That's a good number. Because, goes back up to 40,000, excuse me. That's a good number because it never hits the 45,000 again. So it's lost to 45,000. lost 5,000 there. You lose another 6,000 kids under the 20, under that age. They're not transferred to the 18 to 24 when they turn 18. They're not transferred there. Only a few seem to be. So there's still 5,000 missing, which means 5,000 are now homed or in a home somewhere, being taken care of by someone who is older than them and responsible for them. Okay? All right. If by age you go to the overalls now for over 24, 383,000 in 2015, jumps up to 428,000, right? 
428,000 by 2020 and then soars down to 259. Okay. Another, that's 170,000, 170,000 people difference. And then back up to 444,000, which means it gained 20,000 homeless. That's not those kids. That 20,000 homeless came from other older folks over the age of 24 who added to this age group. That's not from the 18-year-old group either. Mm-hmm. Where do these people come from? And how come more people at an older age are turning to homelessness as an answer, right, to their problems? Well, you know we have to get into uh, a race uh, issue about this homelessness stuff because a lot of people are going to say, hey, Lou, man, this is a huge problem with the black population and blah, 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 and uh, ethnicities and immigrants in this country. So that the population, the homeless population is juiced up by all those numbers. No, it is not. No, no, it is not. That is not true. Okay. So what is true, however, is that in 2015, uh, the number of black homeless and the number of white homeless were pretty far apart, right? By 50,000 people, 227,000 uh, for the black community and 273,000 for the white community. Hey, Lou, you know, there's a lot more whites than there are. But yes, there are. I got all the averages. I know, the, I know all the averages. So do you. Stop it. This is about people and this is the number of people, okay? So the, um, the white homeless population sees a small uh, drop, 259,000 in around 2017, while the black homeless population sees a small pickup, or actually, uh, no, well, it's not. It's, it's an even type of situation at about 225,000, okay, where they were at 227 before. But the uh, white population saw a small drop of about 20,000. After that, in 2020, the white population is up at 280,000. The black population is at 228,000. That's it. That's the highest they peak at. Okay. The white population goes down to 173,000. Whoa, that's, that's a lot of, you know, that's a big jump, right? That's 110,000 people right there. Okay. Uh, the black population goes from 228 to 159. That's 70,000. Okay, here's the thing, though, right? Uh, in 221, the white population goes from two from two from 173,000 to 291,000 a whole year later. Their highest number ever since 2000 and well, whatever, because it, in 2015, when this is being recorded, it wasn't. It was only a 273. So this 291 number is even higher than that. So it's the highest number they've ever had. In, on record. And the black community went to 217, which means they lost 10,000 homeless. Where'd they go? They're not dead, okay? Don't be silly. That's not, that's not what happened to them. They say there's a large homeless population of women. There is, a, but there is, but there's a larger homeless population of men. So, uh, 300, in 2015, 339,000 out of the 650,000 folks who, uh, in this country who were homeless at the time, 339,000 of them were men. Okay? Uh, that number spikes to 352,000 in 2020 and then goes down in 2021 to 212. Okay? 212,000. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's 130,000 guys. Okay? And then it goes up to 352,000 Right back to where they left off. 
2022. So in with women, it was 224,000, okay, as, a, as a, it's 110,000 less than men. Uh, they're right across the board, that number, until 2020, where they hit the 2023, uh, 223,000 mark in uh, 2020. Then they get down to 155 and then back up to 222,000. So they're back at the same number they were before, so they haven't changed at all. Whatever, whoever were wherever they were living, they were they were taken away from wherever they were living and sent right back out there. The same women are homeless, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, as far as transgender people are concerned, none of them were homeless. No transgender people and no no gender uh, non-conforming folks were homeless ever during any of this. That's weird, huh? You know the one thing I did <clears throat> when I was homeless. And living in my car, I read a lot. Yeah, I read a lot, and I read a lot of things I should have probably read, and I read things I, sh- I, you know, I should have read a lot sooner than I, than I read them, and um, probably read things I should have read then that I should have read now instead, you know, at a different age. Well, but here, you know, here are some of the things like um, some Marcus Aurelius that I read, and 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 one of the things I read was accept the things to which fate binds you and love the people with whom fate brings you together, but do so with all your heart. Like, you know, I bumped into so many people being homeless or or living uh, in my car and I ran into so many people and I don't mean literally like I hit them or anything like that. Right. (laughs) I mean, you know, you're driving around you're like, Oh man, isn't that, what's his name? Look, I can stop and say hello. And you could just, you know, get out of your car and stop and say, hello, man. Hey man, what's up? You know, how you doing? How's everything been, man? Where you been? You know, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, you know, I was in the army, you know, doing my thing. Oh, yeah, you were in the army. How was that, man? It must have been tough. No, nah, it was good, man, you know. We had a good time. I had a good time. Thanks for asking, dude. I appreciate it. And then you could just, like, go on your way. You know what I'm saying? That's what you can do. You could just go on your way. And 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 what happened was uh, you met more people, too. You met more strangers. There was a couple of times I, I got in my car and said, hey, hey, Tommy, Tom, Tom, Tom. And he was like, no, dude, my name's, my name's not Tom. My name's Benny. I'm like, oh, shit, sorry, man. You look at my friend Tommy. Look at his picture of him, man. And he's like, wow, I really do look like Tommy. And you're like, yeah, you look like Tommy. It's crazy. I can't believe how much like Tommy you actually look. And he's like, I can't believe how much like Tommy I actually look. And you guys have a conversation, and all of a sudden you're having a hot dog, right, on a street corner with the hot dog guy standing there talking to you about how he knew a guy who looked like Tommy as well. It's kind of weird, and it happens all the time. But that's how you make those friends. And that's how you make those connections. I'm not telling you it's cool to be homeless. I'm just telling you that some cool things happened on that little journey. Right? I'm telling you things that I read were like a man's, a man's worth is no greater than his ambitions. Right? I mean, if you have great ambitions and you have great worth coming to you, man, what can I tell you? A man's worth is no greater than his ambitions. And, and being homeless, your ambitions are low. Uh, they are connected and grounded in a way, um, and they're simple, right? I need shelter, I need food, and um, I need some human contact, okay? Right? Those are the things that you need. I need shelter, I need food, I need human contact, right? I heat and warmth will come in the shelter and the food, I promise. That all, all that's been taken care of, right? <laughs> it always is, somehow. You know, homelessness is about doing every act of your life as if it was your last, right? You wake up that day uh, and, uh, you know, you, you, you know what? 
If you woke up today and you pretended that you died, right? And then someone said to you, here's a list of things that you can do that uh, you can get back your life. Would you do them? How well would you do them? How much effort would you put in to those things? I wonder. Uh, that's a question that people should ask themselves when they're homeless, I think. Uh, you know, I think that that's an interesting way of looking at life to begin with. Homeless isn't about understanding that you have uh, the power over your mind, not outside events. That Once you realize this, uh, then you will find your strength, right? Once you understand that in your homelessness, you are, uh, you are not in control of the outside of forces that keep you there, but you are in control of the forces that you live within. And so, you know, this homelessness, this space can be the best space that you've ever provided for yourself if you do it the right way. And that's a sad portion about it because it's hard to do homelessness correctly. It's weird. When you have a friend in homelessness, what you really have is someone who is, is going to be leaving you. So whenever you are about to find fault with someone, ask yourself the following question. What fault of mine most nearly resembles the one I am about to criticize? And maybe, you know, maybe you, uh, maybe you won't criticize that person so quickly and maybe you won't lose a friend so quickly. And maybe you'll have someone in your life for as long as they need to be there, right? Because that's what homelessness is about, having people in your life for as long as they need to be there, not for as long as you need them to be there. You think that's what it's about, but it's not. It's for only as long as they need to be there, I promise. The last one is simple, right? Look within. Within is a fountain of goo, and it will forever bubble up if thou will ever dig. That's all you've got to do is keep digging, folks. Keep digging, and the goo will bubble up, I promise you, and you will be out of your homelessness. But once you are in it, once you are there, once you are living within yourself, please understand that there is a way to get out of your homelessness, I promise. I promise, folks, if you want to be there, I understand. If you don't want to be there, are you ready? Are you ready? There's a way to get out of it. Thanks for hanging out with Big Louie G on things you're not supposed to talk about. I missed you while I was gone. And I appreciate you coming back and spending some time with me. Have a great day. Bye-bye.